0: At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, we travelled from Volumi National Park in Australia to the Xingdao Nature Conservation Area in China to uncover the story of two living fossils and how trees can shape national identities. 10 September 1994 In a deep and isolated sandstone gorge in Volumi National Park in New South Wales, David Noble noticed something odd. He was a National Park officer and was systematically looking for new canyons. Instead, he found himself next to a tree with an unusual bark. Further exploration revealed a small grove of unfamiliar conifers, about 100 mature trees and another 100 seedlings. He took specimens to work for identification. Wynne Jones, a botanist with National Parks, and Jan Allen from the Botanical Gardens identified his specimens they started with a fossil comparison. And the deeper they went into their analysis, down to the pollen, they realized what they had stumbled upon. And then the entire thing was covered in a veil of secrecy. So much so, that the outside world had no idea about the exact location of the conifer grove. About 70 years before David Noble stumbled upon this mysterious tree in Australia, something similar happened in China. In 1928, Japanese scientists, who specialized in plant fossils, began studying cone and leaf fossils that looked a lot like the sequoia trees in California. But by 1941, they were convinced that these trees were different from the ones in California, even though they had shared strong similarities. They named the tree Metasequoia, meaning a sequoia that is after, between or changed. Shortly afterwards, Zan Wang, A Chinese professor of forestry and dendrology was travelling through a remote valley of the Sichuan province of China. The principal of an agricultural school stopped him and asked him to identify a large unusual tree that grew by the temple. Professor Wang and his assistants climbed to the roof of the temple to collect samples of its cones and leaves. Wang was convinced this tree was different from the other trees of the region. Determined to learn more, he shared his samples with a colleague at a larger university who passed it on to another colleague. They all agreed this tree was unique. So what connects this unusual tree in Australia and the Metasequoia tree in China? Both are considered living fossils. Trees which show a high resemblance to a species only seen in fossil records. The tree in Australia is known as the Wallamy Pine, named after the Wallamy National Park. The tree in China is known as the Dawn Redwood, bearing a strong resemblance to the redwoods in America. Both these species have been estimated to be around 200 million years old. But this isn't just the story of two stunning discoveries of living fossils. This is the story of how distinct biological species are transformed into iconic species of the nation. And for this, we travel to China. 3 p.m. 1st October 1949. In the now infamous Tiananmen Square in Beijing, the founding of the People's Republic of China was formally proclaimed by none other than Mao Zedong, the chairman of the Chinese Communist Party. It had been only a few years after Chinese professor Zhang Wang had discovered the Metasequoia, which was locally known as the Shushan. The earliest of modern China were a turbulent time. A civil war broke out, followed by Mao Zedong's consolidation of power. What followed was a disastrous Cultural Revolution, which destroyed almost every aspect of centuries-old Chinese culture from artefacts to architecture. Only by the end of the Cultural Revolution in 1976, the Reform Era began. The Chinese economy and market opened up. Four modernizations in agriculture, industry, national defence and science and technology regained prominence. Science was again supported by government policy and granted more resources. At the same time, communication with Western academic circles was also revived. The field of Botany too underwent a revival National geological surveys were commissioned and as more and more scientists returned from abroad, a spirit of scientific inquiry began to shape the development of science and technology. Most biologists focused on exploration, categorization and taxonomy rather than following the global trend of experimental biology. But why did the Chinese botanist buck global scientific trends? Because as a modern nation, China was searching for national symbols, objects and spaces these needed to be authentically Chinese so as to create visible representations of the modern Chinese state. Everything from iconic landscapes, indigenous species of plants and animals and even natural disasters which have left a deep trace in the local collective memory mattered. The Shan turned out to be the perfect candidate. The tree was discovered in Mo Daoshi, a site 120 kilometers away from the nearest city of Wanxian. It was a site that was so remote that to get there, you have to cross the Yangtze river by boat first and then pass several small villages. The area belonged to the famous Eastern Sichuan Fold and Thrust Belt and it had many tall mountains and deep valleys. All in all, considered extremely dangerous to navigate. Its remoteness was one of its greatest qualities since the tree had been untouched for millennia by any foreign influences, unpolluted by Western ideas and thoughts. While the area had been investigated by Western scientists in the past, the tree only revealed itself to Chinese scientists. This added a near mythical quality to the tree, for it was authentically Chinese. In a bid to preserve an endemic tree, China freely gave away its seeds. But it had another agenda. By ensuring that the tree originally from China was being propagated globally, it gave legitimacy to the modern Chinese nation. The Metasequoia may have been related to the American Sequoia, but the Shuishan was Chinese and from their seeds, the Shuishan grew all over the world, from America to Russia to North Korea. But the Shuishan had one more race up its sleeve, time. In an article introducing the tree, the ancient nature of the species was invoked in a unique way. It was almost 1000 years old when Confucius was born, 1500 years old when Christ was born, More than 2000 years old when the Huns destroyed Western Rome, 2400 years old at the time of the First Crusade. By projecting the life course of a natural object, the tree, onto human history, two time frames were blended that of nature and that of a nation. And hence, with a focus on science in modern China, numerous interactions and research papers on the Shuishan were published, and the tree also frequently appeared in the titles of literary works. Several anthropopathic characteristics began to be attributed to the Shui shan. The upright shape was seen as symbolizing a positive attitude, while the fact that it had survived Ice Age was interpreted as an evidence of strength and bravery. It gradually got the title of National Treasure and entered the register of major national protected wild plants in 1999. But what happened to the Wallumi Pine? The other living fossil which came from Australia? In order to preserve the plant from any external pathogens, the location of the groves was kept a secret. The government began the propagation of nursery plants to ensure that the species does not get wiped out. The first 292 Volumia saplings were sold at an auction in 2005, fetching nearly 500,000 pounds. However, in January 2020, wild bushfires threatened the site of the grove in the Volumia National Park. With over 90% of vegetation being destroyed, there was a grave risk of losing the mature trees. The Australian government sprung into action. Firefighters helicoptered into the canyon every morning to activate pumps and sprinklers among the trees. Fire retardant was dropped in the path of the incoming fire. For two days, the smoke was so thick that no one knew what became of the trees. On 17 January 2020, it was joyfully announced that all but two trees survived the fire. A tree which had survived 17 ice ages and countless bushfires, cheated extinction once again, with a little help from the Australian nation-state. The past is very important to modern nations, as it contains the materials for the construction of a usable history. As we travel and uncover the history of places, we must remember that nations and identities are as natural as they are constructed.